Bismillahirrahmanirrahim In the name of Allah most gracious most merciful The decision is yours by Tawfiq Ar-Rifai Book number 1 part 6 Isabella you have said some nice words and presented rational arguments accompanied by religious evidence to show that your religion honors women. For me as a woman, the matter has become sufficiently clear, but what you said is spoiled by a Quranic verse which clearly differentiates between men and women as it states that the man gets two shares of the estate and the woman gets only one share. Can this obvious differentiation in the inheritance system be denied? Abu Hamid, I uh, I uh, I want to present to you a number of questions in order to demonstrate to you whether this Islamic system which is mentioned in the verse which says to the male a portion equal to that of two females this is found in chapter 4 titled An-Nisa verse 11 okay so I want to see if this is unfair to women or or absolutely just I want, uh, let me go back this. I want to present to you a number of questions in order to demonstrate to you whether this Islamic system, which is mentioned in the verse, in the verse is unfair to women or absolutely just. I will answer these questions because I do not want this discussion to sound like a police interrogation. Nevertheless, if my answer goes against your convictions, then you should voice your objections immediately without any delay when Allah said in the Quran to the male a portion equal to that of two females did he define the females rights or did he give her any rights the answer is undoubtedly that he defined the females rights the second question is does anyone have the power to cancel this right which Allah defined for the female answer no no one has any such power not even the uh, testator himself not even the testator himself if he wants to deprive her the prophet peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him issued an emphatic warning concerning this saying a man may do the deeds of the good for 70 years then when he makes his will he is unfair in doing so and thus he ends his deeds with evil and enters the fire this is narrated by Ahmed in his Musnad volume 2 page 287 Rather, he ruled out any differentiation between the heirs 
by saying there is no bequest for an heir. There is no bequest for an heir. A bequest made to one who is an heir is invalid and cannot be executed whether it is aimed at giving him more or less than the share already allocated in the law, in the Islamic law. On the other hand, I would like to ask, does the testator in your system, European, American, and so on, have the power to deprive daughters of inheritance by means of a specific will or not? The answer is that he definitely has this power because you regard him as disposing of his own wealth. Does the testator have the power to deprive his daughters or some of them on the basis that they married strangers or left him or moved far away as is usually the case or because he does not feel like giving them anything and he can give their rightful share to his pet dog on the basis that the dog is his faithful companion as is your custom or does he not have that power? The answer is yes. And such cases have happened. The testator also has the power to give his entire estate to charity or to whomever he wants and to deprive his heirs. The next question is, when Islam prescribed this right for women, did women at that time have any right to inheritance? Answer, the history books tell us that women were not only deprived of any share of inheritance, rather they were also regarded as part of the estate and the inherited property. Concerning that, it was narrated that when Abu Qais uh, bin Assalt died, his son Muhsin regarded his father's wife as his share of the inheritance and he did not allow her to inherit anything. She could not put up with that so she went to the Prophet peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him and told him about her situation. Then Allah revealed the verse concerning her. O oh, you who believe, you are forbidden to inherit women against their will. This is in chapter 4, titled An-Nisa, verse 19. You can see this in Tafsir At-Tabarani, volume 3, uh, page 646. It was also narrated that when Sa'ad bin al-Rabi'ah, may Allah be pleased with him, was martyred, he left behind two daughters and a wife, but his brother took his wealth. He left behind two daughters and a wife, but his brother took his wealth. His wife came to the Prophet, peace and blessings for Allah be upon him, and said, Sa'ad was killed in a battle with you, and he left behind two daughters, but their uncle has taken what was theirs, and no one wants to marry women unless they have some wealth. The Prophet, peace and blessings for Allah be upon him, said, Allah has not revealed anything concerning that. 
than the impact of revelation showed on him. And when it was over, he said, seize the wealth of Sa'ad, i.e. do not let it be disposed of by his brother. For Allah has revealed that which as soon as he made it clear to me, I'm making it clear to you. And he recited the verse, there is a share for men and a share for women from what is left by parents and those nearest related whether the property be small or large, a legal share. An-Nisa, chapter An-Nisa, chapter 4, four verse 7. Then Allah revealed the words, Allah commands you as regards your children's inheritance to the male, a portion equal to that of two females. So the messenger of Allah, peace and blessings fall upon him, summoned the brother of Sa'ad, and ordered him to give the two girls two-thirds and to give the wife one-eighth and he could have what was left. You could see the report narrated by Abu Dawood and in, it is the Hadith 2891 which was classed as Hassan good by Al-Albani. I hope that you and everyone present will think to himself is this a quantum leap for women or is it not is it restoring women's legitimate rights and confirming them what is greater than the fact that the judge uh, in this case was Allah Isabella Yes, I can conf- confirm. Yes, I can confirm to you that it is a quantum leap. Women in our European societies may be in a worse situation now than women were in your Arabian societies in the Middle Ages, when Muhammad appeared almost in the middle of the Middle Ages. But don't you agree with me that what Islam did by giving the woman half of the man's share was organizing unfair treatment of women as unfair treatment of women at that time was carried out in a chaotic uh, manner. Yes, if Islam had lifted women up to be equal to men in terms of inheritance, he would, we would say that this is absolute justice. But to define woman's inheritance as, as being half that of the man is, is tantamount to saying that the woman's value is half that of a man and what discrimination and what discrimination can be greater than that abu hamid i thank you for your objection which will make me explain matters that i may have omitted otherwise you and all those who object think that when islam states that the woman has half of the man's share of the inheritance it means that islam is reducing their human status to half that of the man's. Is that not so? The answer is yes. And I I tell you that I would believe the same as you if the matter was as you think. But how about if I tell you of some cases where the woman inherits a share like that of the man? Would you think that Islam made the value of a woman like that of a man? How about if I recite to you cases in which Islam makes a woman's inheritance double that of a man? 
or cases where the woman inherits three times as much as the man. Would you say in that case that Islam prefers women over men? What if I tell you of a case in which the woman inherits and the man does not? Would you say that men have no value in Islam? What if I quote to you all these facts and figures with evidence from the Quran and the hadith of Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings for Allah be upon him, would you say that Islam raised the value of women over that of men on the basis that increasing the value of the share of inheritance is increasing the value of the person as you believe? Think about it. If the testator leaves behind a father, mother, or two daughters, how much does Islam give to each of these males and females? It gives the father one-sixth, the mother one-sixth, and the two daughters two-thirds. So in this case, male and female are treated equally, namely the father and mother, and it gives each of the daughters one-third, so each of them takes double what the father gets, although he is male, even if they are babes in arms. Does this mean that the value of the two female infants is greater than the value of the parents? The answer is no, but in a case like this, Islam pays attention to the future that awaits the new generation and its consequences. It is undoubtedly greater than the future which awaits their uh, grandparents because Islam pays attention to the long-term future needs of the new generation, even though there may be some isolated cases in which the, gr- the grandparents outlive the little ones. There is another case in which the testator, uh, uh, there is another case in which the testator leaves behind a son, a daughter, a brother, and a parental uh, uncle. Sorry, and a paternal uncle. Again, there is another case in which the testator leaves behind a son, a daughter, a brother, and a paternal uncle. In this case, the entire legacy goes to the son and daughter and not to the uncle and brother, even though they are male. If you ask about the reason for this, we will tell you that the reason is that Islam pays attention to how closely or distantly people are related to the deceased and this is another principle according to which the estate is divided. There are many examples but uh, by studying the way in which the estate is divided in Islam with regard to the shares of males and females the following points become clear. There are only four cases in which the woman inherits half of what the man inherits. There are many more cases in which the woman inherits exactly the same as the man inherits. There are 10 cases in which the woman inherits more than the man. There are some cases in which the woman inherits 
but her male counterpart does not. In other words, there are more than 30 situations in which the woman takes the same as the man or more, or she inherits whereas her male counterpart does not, as opposed to only four specific cases in which the woman inherits half of what a man does. After all this, does it make sense to depict inheritance in Islam as being based on masculinity or femininity? No doubt you will go back to the same question. Where does the idea of women getting half the share of a man come from? Does it stem from differences among people or is it from the Quran itself? Isn't there in the Quran a verse which says to the male a portion equal to that of two females? Chapter 4 verse 11 and Nisa. Uh, this chapter is titled An-Nisa. The answer is, if you study this verse itself and just look at the words which come before these two phrases, you will know the facts. <coughs> Immediately before these phrases, Allah says, Allah commands you as regards your children's inheritance to the male a portion equal to that of two females. An-Nisa 4 verse 11. So this has to do with your children only, i.e. offspring. This means that the matter has nothing to do with masculinity and femininity, as some people depict it. All of them are your children, whether they are male or female. There is another reason you have to consider to understand why in this particular place the share of our sons is made double the share of our daughters. It is a division which does not require deep insight in order to fathom the wisdom behind it and why Allah made the share of the son double the share of his sister. If you can imagine a case where a man dies and leaves behind a son whose name is Ahmed and a daughter whose name is Mary, for example, and he left behind an estate who is obliged to spend on the other at times of need. <coughs> Islam obliges the brother Ahmed to spend on his sister Mary, Mary. As for the money that the sister inherited, it is set aside for her and she may invest it in business and the like, whereas her brother Ahmed is obliged to spend on Mary even if his inheritance is used up. If that money runs out, then he is obliged to spend on her from his own wealth. Moreover, when Ahmed and Mary grow up, if Ahmed wants to get married, who will bear the burden of marriage expenses? Isn't he or the one who is obliged to sponsor his own marriage? So in this case, Ahmed is obliged to spend on these expenses from his own wealth, or from what is left of his inheritance. As for Mary, the wealth that she inherited is still hers, and added to that is the wealth of the new dowry, which is completely hers, and no one has any right to touch it, not even her father or husband. Allah addresses men in the Quran with regard to the woman's dowry, as he says, and give to the woman, sorry, and give to the women whom you marry their dowry with a good heart. 
chapter 4 titled Nisa verse 4 so here is a binding command from Allah obliging men to give woman the dowry completely without stinting if she forgoes it if she forgoes it or gives it away willingly that's fine otherwise it's not exactly as the verse quoted above states moreover if Mary gets married and becomes a mother and Ahmed becomes a father and each of them have children who's obliged to spend on the children of Mary is it not her husband and isn't Ahmed in charge of spending on his wife and on his children let us assume that Ahmed's children grow up and he becomes poor and needy and unable to spend even on his poor wife and his maintenance becomes the duty of his children but his children can only afford to spend on one parent who takes precedence the answer is that they will give precedence they will give precedence to spending on their mother a man came to the messenger of allah peace and a blessing of allah be upon him and said o messenger of allah who is most deserving of my good treatment he said your mother he asked then who he said your mother he asked then who he said your mother he he asked then who he said your father narrated by al-bukhari volume 5 uh, hadith 2227 uh, and number 5626 in uh, and muslim volume 4 hadith uh, i think one th- or maybe page 1974 number 2548 so mary is guaranteed support until the end of her life and what she has taken of inheritance remains purely hers now do you see the wisdom in the verse allah commands you as regards your children's inheritance to the male a portion equal to that of two females and the other drives uh, okay if you have two drivers sorry let me go there if you have two drivers in your company one of whom drives 100 100 kilometers every day and the other drives 200 kilometers and your company system obliges you to cover fuel expenses for them is it right for you on the basis of equality to give them equal money to cover fuel expenses or does fairness dictate that you should give each of them according to the number of his trips and workload imagine if we were to follow this principle the principle of equality regardless of expenditure with regard to fuel for airplanes and trains and so on on the basis of equality equality regardless of differences in journeys and cost wouldn't we destroy the world can you see what i said before uh, can't you see what i said before about islam that it does not contradict reason in any of its teachings whether it has to do with the major or minor issue the system of inheritance in islam is amazing in the true sense of the word 
It is a system that is unique among other systems since Allah created mankind up until this moment and until the day of resurrection. When a person studies the inheritance inheritance system in Islam, he can do no more than admit, regardless of how deep his knowledge of law is, that it is utterly fair-minded. An Egyptian law professor who works in an American university said, We were having a debate about law, and there was a Jewish law professor with us. We started to criticize Islam. Sorry. He started to criticize Islam and Muslims, and I wanted to silence him. So I said, do you know the extent of laws of inheritance in American law? He said, yes, there are more than eight volumes. I said to him, if I show a law on inheritance that is contained in no more than 10 lines, will you believe that Islam is a valid religion? He said, that's impossible. I presented to him the verses of inheritance in the Quran and he came to me a few days later and said to me, no human mind could list all types of relationships in such a comprehensive way and not omit anyone, then distribute the inheritance to them in this just in this just manner in which no one is wronged. Then that man became Muslim. Do not think that the verses of inheritance, which may be no more than 10 lines, could omit a single issue of inheritance in any human family. Tell me any scenario of inheritance you want in any family, Eastern or Western, involving any amount of filth and any number of heirs and interrelationships. You may ask me for evidence in every case and I will give a solution with evidence straight away. This solution is not from me, rather it is from the Quran and the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad. Peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him. The Sunnah is the sayings, actions and approvals of Prophet Muhammad. I have a friend whose name is Dr. Awad al-Khalaf who has introduced important social innovations in several uh, fields. He has invented a system to d- divide the estate over the phone, which he calls the estate share calculator via mobile phone. Uh, <coughs> patent number six, 6091271 <coughs> You simply enter the initial information for any estate and it will give you the answer <coughs> in accordance with the Islamic uh, text text without differing by even one cent. Is it possible that such a comprehensive system that includes all human networks so simply could have been invented by a human being? But the fact that the female gets half the share of of the male is in fact just unfair. It is fair to the female who, who prior to that was not given any share of inheritance. It is fair to her because she takes her share and can invest it however she likes. <coughs> Whereas her brother takes his share and may give some of it as a dowry or spend on his family 
and other financial duties that are obligatory for him. In addition to the fact that she is not obliged to do any of these things according to the law, she is also entitled to the dowry if she wants to get married and her husband is obliged to spend on her and on her children. These rights were not granted even by man-made laws in Europe, which claims to be civilized. In France, until 1939, the law did not allow a woman to dispose of her wealth without the permission of her husband. Then the law was altered to give women a little freedom in disposing of their wealth, but there were still some restrictions. In West Germany, the law did not give a woman the right to own property until 1957. Until now, the system of work and wages in Europe and America gives women lower wages than men. In Britain, for example, a woman gets 75% of a man's wage for doing the same job. General Victoria, perhaps Abu Hamad cannot imagine what extent our demands reached. Women today in our uh, country are calling for complete freedom to do whatever they believe in, regardless of whether it is sound or not, whether it is in accordance with society's traditions or not, and they are demanding the right to be protected in doing so. Women are saying that instead of Uh, being connected to one husband, a woman should be connected to a lot of men. Instead of bearing the responsibility of children and a family as a tax uh, for uh, physical pleasure, she should take her enjoyment free of any tax in any place and at at any time. Abu Hamid, I would like to ask these people a frank question. Do not be offended or upset because the aim is to seek clarification would the general be able to exist now if the principle of sexual pleasure would the general be able to exist now if the principle of sexual pleasure without the requirement of marriage was implemented in the past would it be an honor for her if she had come into existence through a route other than marriage? The answer is absolutely, sorry, the answer is undoubtedly and definitely no. So how can these women accept for other women in society that which illegitimate women would not accept for themselves? Moreover, is this something that leads to a strong and sound society? Are you, general, convinced that these women want Are you, General, convinced that these women want to restore women's rights from the domination of men? The goal of getting women out of the house and into the street means taking a woman away from her legitimate man, husband, and handing her over to illegitimate men. Isn't the aim clear? Is this uh, in the interest of women? If a woman finds someone in the street to take her in when she is young, Will she find someone who will pay any attention to her when she is old and her youth has faded? I ask again, is this in the interest of woman? Should a woman change from being a wife with a husband 
who shares with her some of the responsibility for raising the children into what you call nowadays single mothers who are raising their illegitimate children is the one equivalent uh, is the one equivalent to the other is that in the interest of women is it not possible that a woman's achieving achieving a physical pleasure in the most sublime and purest way with a husband who limits himself to his wife only is better for the woman or should she accept the advances of anyone who approaches her is that in the interest of woman is it in the interest of woman to remain uh, friendless in her old age with no company except dogs and cats i hope that every time you go into your streets or marketplaces you will watch the different types of pedestrians you see there you will find very often old men and old women together or two very old people together go to the hospitals and look at the different types of people who are checking in and you will see the same scene doesn't this bring a particular question to mind where are their children such scenes have become a phenomenon a phenomenon this is the fate that awaits the uh, current generation this is what robs them of any joy disobedience to parents is knocking at the door it is isolation and severing of ties when he realizes that he is still alive he wonders why his children do not visit him as a man finds his comfort in going back from work to his home at the end of the day he will wish to find his comfort with his family taking care of him at the end of his life where were the families of 15000 old french men in the summer of 2003 who died in seniors homes where were the families of 15000 old french men in the summer of 2003 who died in seniors homes seniors homes often cannot find families and children who are willing even to bury their grandfather or grandmother and they leave them between the graveyard and the mortuary is it in the interest of women to live as a stranger so that anyone who wants to uh, to may toy with her then she dies alone in a senior's home or suffers the agonies of death alone until the stench of her corpse is detected by the neighbors or the mail carrier <coughs> is it in the interest of a woman to be cheated by pleasure accumulation of material gains or acquisition of degrees than the years pass by when she is preoccupied with these things until she reaches old age and realizes the truth and cries take all my degrees and give me the word mama <coughs> conclusion yes the people in this gathering differed fundamentally yes the people in this gathering differed fundamentally but they parted as if they had never disagreed with laughter and warm hugs because their hearts were pure and their minds were open more importantly none of them felt upset after the gathering and none of them felt like running away because of one thing they were seeking the truth because of one thing they were seeking the truth hence 
their longing for another rational debate was great indeed. But it should be noted that many of the people present in the first gathering were not present in the second because it was held in the city of Lyons by special invitation. But you, the reader, will attend all the gatherings by reading this book to the end. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah.